Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It won't be ranking underwear. It won't be kind of like that. It'll right. be a little different. A little different. A little different. But so we'll it, could, do that. it could morph into legs and ass like it normally does. You never know. And we'll see which one of these guys looks the best in a thong. I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> Bam! You weren't expecting that, were you? I was not. React. I just told you. I was not. Barbara Sims was the stepsister okay. of Will of Willie Sims. Okay? Yeah. Did you know that? So my dad's mom and dad yeah. were stepbrother, stepsister. Okay. You like that? What up, everybody? Chris Sims unbuttoned, and if that doesn't say unbuttoned, <laughs> I don't know what does, okay? I, I'm just judging from the last five minutes yeah. before we started the we podcast. We can't say all the things that we were could, saying. This could be a very interesting podcast. Oh, I wish we could really dive into some of the things we just talked about, but we don't have enough of a comfortable position in this company yet to go there, so we won't and here's do the, that. And here's the weird thing, is that is that you dive into some things that are definitely borderline anyway on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, right. So if you're saying, like, I, we can't even go that I far. know, I know. I, I know. Everyone's I, imagination is yes, running wild Yes, I know. Right Sorry, now. everybody. I can't tell you what we were doing. It is too risque <laughs> for this podcast. But what up? We got Chris Sims on button. Ahmed Farid's here. We got a good one today. We got some fun ones. We do. All right? We got yep. some good feedback about our five worst helmets. Everybody said you and the Colts pick of the five worst helmets is the dumbest thing That was ever not seen. popular. I will give you that. That was not popular at all. Uh, yeah, because they have a traditional backing. But either way, today we get into the five best ones. And after seeing your yeah. five worst, I'm very intrigued to see your five best. Yes. I really am. And I'm, I'm a traditionalist a little bit, so I probably err on being a little boring that way. Uh, but we're going to hit on that. Some news. I took that into account, but I also tried to look at, like, the aesthetics of the helmet. Just, like, just look, just at, look yeah. at it, and I like it. Like, I'm, I'm not taking history into account. Right. Here. I just want to look and see if I enjoy looking at that helmet. Yeah, okay. I, I get so you there. Um, so we're going to hit that as we talk about. Hit some news going on in the NFL. Drew Brees, all that stuff going on. And then we got a little bit of, like, uh, looking at the, the this next, this offseason's landscape. And mm. kind of just, you know, we're going to play the game of, like... Hey, who's this year's Shaq Barrett? You know, who's this year's Tyron Matthew? Yeah. Right. We're gonna go along the along the uh, the offseason outline of what we saw last year and players that stood out to us in the 2019 season and see if we can't you know peg a few names to that list and have a little fun with that. Cool. I like cool. it. Can we start with some news? Sure. Because I heard you talk about this a little bit with Mike Florio yeah. earlier this morning. Right. Uh, but it is the big, the big news that, that looks like it's going to happen. Because there's oftentimes you hear these rumors about, oh, they're going to expand uh, the regular season. They're going to add a playoff team. You know, like, oh, it might happen three years down the road. Right. No, this one could happen for next year. Yes, it could. Um, so if you're not familiar with the news, here it is. Adam Schefter uh, wrote a story about uh, the uh, current CBA proposal that the NFL owners are pushing for. He said... The playoff field in this proposal would be expanded to seven teams for each conference, while the regular season would be increased to 17 games per team and the preseason shortened to three uh, games per team. This is all according to sources from uh, Adam Schefter. Uh, but that's the idea. They want to increase the number of regular season games. Yeah. They want to increase the number of playoff games by increasing the number of playoff teams. So in this situation, the only buy would go to the number one seed. Yeah. In each conference, um, I heard your thoughts on the surface. Yeah, I hate it. Okay, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. <laughs> My thoughts again. you hate or the whole thing that you're saying? I hate no. Your thoughts I thought were okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I hate the the idea. All right, go ahead. Let me hear you. Why? So, Why? What do you What do you hate about it? Because I'm a little in between on certain things. 
Um, yeah. But I'd like to hear hear your thoughts. So, I, and I'm all for innovations and, and new things. You know, I, I think we need more of that, honestly, right. in yeah. sports. Change up the rules a little bit. But it seems like we have the perfect combination of the regular season mattering right. for the first two seeds mm-hmm. in the league. I mean, that's a huge advantage. You don't have to play the first round. That's a huge advantage, and yep. I think it should go to the top two teams in each conference. So you have that, then you lose half of that. And the second part is I don't think, and we've looked through the list, and you did it on, on Pro Football, the PFT Live, uh, the teams that would have made it in this new situation that didn't make it in the previous years, there we seen last year it would have been the Steelers yeah. at 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. And you said you don't need to see Duck Hodges playing in the playoffs. No, no. Um, it would have been the Rams at 9-7. and seven. Okay, maybe a little more interesting team. Right. But all these teams going back to 2020, we have what? We have one 10-win team over on the AFC side. Yep. We have three over on the NFC side. Yep. Bears, Cardinals, Eagles uh, a few years back, 2014 through 2012. They're just not that good. No. They're just not that good uh, of teams. And it just seems like we have the perfect situation now for the NFL and the playoff system. I don't think you need to mess with it. I, well, I mean, I'm with you. You know me. I'm a traditionalist that way. I mean, I really am. And you're right. I mean, we're, we're you know, the NFL is king of the American sports scene and it's not even close, right? I mean, it's it's not even close. And, you know, the last time I checked, I'm pretty sure football, I mean, uh, baseball, basketball, and hockey don't make as much money as the NFL does. Yeah. Those combined. So that just tells you where it's at. Now, you know, okay, if they're going to make a change, like, I can live with this one to a degree. I can. Okay, I don't think it's going, like, too crazy. Um, I think the things – here's my first concerns. One – to what you just said, there's a point there where I want to go, like, are, are you kidding me this year? The, the, that wouldn't be good. I wouldn't want to watch Chiefs Steelers in round one. That's what we would have saw in the AFC, in the yeah. wild card, right? We, we got saw... the bobbleheads right here. We got the matchup, yeah. right? No, okay. no buy for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Right. They would have played, not Ben Roethlisberger, but they would have played the Steelers. Yeah. And then over here, you they got played... Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Playing uh, Aaron Donald and uh, the Rams over right. there. Right, which, okay, that has some intrigue to it. I won't lie there. That's like the Rams might have been one of those teams you could argue and go, oh, okay, maybe that would have been a better playoffs with them in there. I get that. But the playoffs but also, are already a crapshoot. They, they are already a crapshoot. And now you're adding more of a crapshoot. And really, the biggest thing, I think, more than anything is, you know, yes, I'm worried about the playoffs being watered down, uh, okay. But the other thing, too, now, here is a little bit of a good and a bad about it, okay? The bad is I do think this is going to accentuate the chances of the number one seed just ending up in the Super Bowl every year. I do. I, I think, you know, it's just going to make it that much harder for those other teams who are all going to be playing a game before the divisional round where the number one seed is going to be sitting there at home. And as we've seen here in recent history, the number one and number two teams with the bye week have had a great advantage. I mean, they're yeah. kind of dominating the playoff landscape the last five or six years. So I guess you that think scares a, me. You think that's a negative? I think it scares me a little bit. It yeah. does because, yeah, I just don't know. Listen, I like it because it keeps the regular season very relevant to where teams have to win and keep playing and play well to get mm-hmm. that number one seed. That buy is going to be really coveted, right? But also I look at it in some years and go, okay, what if we have two teams that are 14 and 2? Right, and one team wins by a tiebreaker. Right, man, what a, what a like a, a man. You were the fourteen and two, and now you're playing in a wild card game against some seven, seven and nine football team. Yeah. and whoa, you know, all of a sudden you lose two of your three best players in that wild card game against a team that's crappy. Okay, maybe you lose that game, and now that crappy team gets to go on the next weekend, and we see more crappy football for them. Or your team does win, and you're not at full strength, and we see crappy football too because now your team's been hurt and players are banged up from a game that wouldn't normally exist. I guess those are my issues there. Uh, We uh, wanted to get the homies' reaction on this too, and so there are some tweets out there, some reaction. This one coming from uh, Paul Simon Duffy saying, You'll have uh, 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 teams yes. playing on the same weekend as 7 and 9 teams. Seems like too much of an advantage to the one seed compared to the two and three seed. So they echoed exactly what you said right there. Now, I would say that 
You know, I'm not totally against giving more of an advantage to the to the one seed because you've earned it. Yes, right. Right. But but you're right in the case that say you got that because of a tiebreaker. Yeah. Of your opponent's record. Right. In the Something division. like you didn't play each other head to head, and you're right. both 14 and two. Right. And it comes down to silly tiebreaker. You're right. Like right. The net points or division winners or conference winners. And then you get this huge advantage. Right. And the number two seed all of a sudden, yeah, is playing a seven and nine team. And and we say this all the time, right? Any given Sunday anything can happen yes and so even even if you are a dominant team like the the 49ers when they're up 20 to 10 in the Super Bowl with seven minutes left they win that probably nine times out of ten but guess what the one time it didn't happen the Chiefs came back and win that win the Super Bowl so it's yeah I'm that's what scares me it scares me that does scare me it does um, are there other tweets out there? I know we've got. Uh, You're gonna beat your team up too. I mean, even for the Super Bowl, that's where I get I get worried about it. Let's just say games. the number three seed well, yes yeah. does make it in, or the number two seed does make it to the Super Bowl. You know, I think you're increasing your chances of not seeing the best Super Bowl product either. You know, so yes, I would like things to stay the freaking same way they have been. All right, yeah. that's where. Why are we messing with this? And you know, to the point of like, you know, we talked about it already, but you can go through most years. All right, and you can just look at it and go, I don't want to see that number seven seed. I look at most years and go, I didn't really want to see that number six seed play a playoff game. I mm-hmm. never thought there was any chance they could win a Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. I mean, even this past year, how many teams did we legitimately think could go to the Super Bowl when we entered the playoffs? I mean, I think it was a very rare few, I think, yeah. to me. Now, here on this list, and if anybody's watching on uh, our YouTube page. Here's the would-be number seven the seeds. The would-be number seven seeds, which I just want to make everybody clear here. The would-be number seven seeds, the NFL is just angling to get this to be the would-be number seven and eight seeds somewhere oh. in the future. Okay? Then we're going to have, like, seven and nine football teams make the playoffs. All right? And I don't want to see that. All right? But out of this list here, and if you're watching on YouTube, right, all right, there's, like, you know, not a lot of these teams jump out to me other than like maybe the Steelers of 2018 of 9-6 and 1 where I go ooh if that team got in the playoffs that could have been a little scary right because they went through some crazy stuff that year in the 2018 season with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell being out and they had a few injuries here and there but they were a team where I looked at the end of the year that kind of came together and I went, ooh, remember they beat the Patriots late yeah. that year? They lost a really tough game to the Saints down in New Orleans where Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled the ball late in the game. That is one instance. But it's few and far between because a lot of the other years I just go, sorry, you know, these teams are not quality football teams, all right? You know, another one that jumps out to me is that, that 2010 uh, New York Giants team. I mean, another team. You know, and especially because it was Eli Manning, and he already showed that they could win as a sixth seed when right. they, you know, 2007. But that's where I worry about it, and then I also worry that they're just doing this to position themselves for an 18 playoff, and that's where I get really scared. You know, because then you're going to have yeah. teams like the Denver Broncos, who were seven and nine this year. I mean, they're going to the playoffs. You're, you, I, I just, they're, they weren't a playoff team. I'm right. sorry. They did a great job. They rebounded well in the second half of the season, but not a playoff team. They're not a playoff team, but then you you match them up in Baltimore, right? Yeah. Against uh, against the Ravens, and you, they shouldn't even be there. They're gonna have a chance in that game, you know. You know what I mean? It's like we saw with Baltimore lost yeah. uh, to Tennessee. And right. We didn't think that was gonna happen. No, I mean they're, you're they're right. Still we didn't gonna think have a chance in that game. But um, Tennessee is a team that was on fire the second half of the year, that's and true. really in the position they were in their position, they were there because to me the biggest reason is. They were just not willing to pull the trigger to go to Mario to Tannenhill quick enough. Yeah. And I think if they did that, I think really the Tennessee Titans are not a team that is 9-7. and seven. I think they would have been an 11-5, at least a 10-6 and six football team if they had made that switch a little earlier. So, I don't know. It's interesting either way. What I think ultimately NFL wants to do, and I've heard this from people, substantial people in the NFL, what they want to do is make it 18 games regular season, make it eight teams per conference, to get into the playoffs, 16 teams total, and they want to have the Super Bowl this past weekend. That's the big thing I've been told by people. That so that you have, you have President's, President's Day, Day weekend Super Bowl yeah. to where nobody works on Monday and it can become this huge, extravagant, big holiday thing. Now, the NBA All-Star is not going to be very happy about that, yeah. but I think that's ultimately what the NFL has in mind here. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't, yeah. thought, I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, that's... So that's you, you move it like two... That's almost like three extra... It's extra, three extra weeks, which, I mean, if you add an extra playoff game and an extra regular... Regular, we're adding two extra regular season yeah. games. It's going to fit there. Exactly. It's going to fit exactly the way the formula is right now. 
And there are people that say more is better. You know, oh, I love football, so more is better. I mean, but there's a limit where it's not better. No. You know, because there's no, no one in the right mind thinks that if the NFL regular season was 40 games, that'd be better than what we have now. No. You know, because there's, there's an amount where it's just like the reason football is so popular is because it is so infrequent. Right. And you get only 16 times in the regular season to go watch your team eight times at home. Yeah. And it's special. Yes. And I think that is why NFL has got its place in the, the sports hierarchy right now of the unquestioned number one. Yeah. And so you just you mess with it, you're 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 in dangerous territory there. Yeah. For the, for the NFL. You know, go back to like what Mark Cuban said. You know, what does he say? Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. And I feel like that's where we get a little. Although since he said that, I feel like the NFL it has gone, gone up even up and more, right? Right. Gone, right. Gone, it gone went through a one bit. little tough period during the election year, but other than that, you're right, it's gone up. But yeah, I, I worry about that too. A, a watered down product certainly, and with extra regular season games and now an extra playoff game, I just worry about hey, it could lead to you know, subpar matchups in the divisional yeah. playoff game. It could lead to teams being less than full strength at the AFC, NFC championship But game here's weekend. the thing, too. Here's why yeah. it'll probably go through. Right. According to Schefter, the players like it. Well, I can more understand money. them like this than the more, more than of one an regular opportunity. season game. Right. Yeah. Well, it's playoff. It's more money. It's only one more game for, what, two teams. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I, uh, yeah, two teams. Right or no, it's going to be four teams ultimately because that number two seed is going to have to play. So it's going right. to be one. So okay, and I think players can get, you know, they can they can wrap themselves around that idea because it's the playoffs. It's not a guaranteed p- fact that you're going to have to play an extra game, right? And it's the playoffs, and it's a chance to improve your legendary status and have a chance to get a Super Bowl ring, which is everybody's goal in the NFL. We got one more tweet. Do we have the one from Scott Walker? Do what up, have, Scott Walker? What up, available here? What up, Scott I thought Dub? That was an interesting point here because a lot of the tweets were. I feel like the reaction to this has been not unanimous, but ninety percent against uh, wanting to expand. But Scott Walker brings up an interesting point. He, he tweeted this at us. He goes, "Prior to the four-team expansion in 2002, 12 teams made the playoffs. That was around 43 percent. Then they expanded to 32 teams, kept it at 12, making it 37 percent." By adding the two teams, you're going back to what it was prior to 2002, so basically 43%. So it's really not that big of a change. And he compares it to college football where he says only 3% of the teams get into the playoffs like it is in college football right now. So, I mean, that is an interesting counterpoint. Yeah. You know, we kind right, of had around 43% before, and this just brings it back to those norms. But I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And so I think that that's what well, a lot I mean, of right now you're point. talking about teams that are going to be like you could you could talk about a team who's in the wild card 17 ga- you know playing 21 game seasons. I mean, we're going to get to 22 game seasons here at some point. And I know they're trying to make the league safer and do all that, but, but wearing people down and getting mm-hmm. them crushed a few more times a year is certainly not going to help out player safety either. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. You know, I like it the way it is. I mean, that's a valid point with the numbers and the percentage that Scott Walker just made. Um, but, you know, and to me, it's a little bit of like, oh, everybody in the rec league eight-year-old basketball deserves a blue ribbon, so we all should do it. And, mm-hmm. and really, at the end of the day, I think what bothers me with it, it's just about money for the owners, and that's where I don't love it. 60- no, they, of course they want another playoff game. That's yeah. huge money. That's a huge money for, again, I like to explain this to people. It's huge for TV money, of course. That's going to be probably worth a billion dollars to have two extra play ga- playoff games, all right? Uh-huh. And then the other thing is, the big thing is owners love playoff games because you don't have to pay, you know, uh, Russell Wilson his two-game, $2 million game check that week, right? It's just a flat-rate playoff check. Everybody gets $30,000 across the board. So they're not having to shell out some huge check to one of their star players. Yeah. They're getting to keep that this time. And that's where they kill it. And that's where, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned with it. If you win 10 games, you get in. If you don't, you don't get in. They'd never do that because they, no. they want to sell it. They want to know coming into the year. No, I know. And you could argue game. that because 9-7, and seven, I think we've had a few teams that have gotten to the Super Bowl. We've had a few that that's have true. won the Super Bowl at 9-7, and seven, I true. think. so. 63% yeah. of the people who voted in your uh, – yeah, our football our talk poll said that uh, they should keep it at six, which is actually lower than I thought it would be. Seventeen uh, percent said seven is good, and then nineteen percent want to go full eight right now. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm, so. I'm a little surprised by that, but yeah, I mean, people are used to what they're used to right now, and you know, I think the big thing I will go back to is, and again, I think most years I go into the playoffs and go, there's only three or four teams that I think can make the Super Bowl. Right. You know, and this year, I don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, of course, we thought Baltimore and Kansas City could get there. We'll say New England because they're New England. I think yeah. we thought they could get there at the start of the playoffs. We obviously thought the 49ers 
and I'm going to say the Saints. I didn't. I never thought Green Bay could make it to the Super Bowl. I knew. I thought they were going to need a shamrock up their ass to get there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there we are this year, 12 teams, and I really only thought five could really make it to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I thought everybody else needed some breaks or some something to happen their way, something weird that yeah. way. So I guess that's where I, I don't I know. Line up. All I don't right, know. let's go okay. next up. All right, that's the playoffs. Too uh, much on that. Do you want to talk about Drew Brees real quick? Well, yeah, I don't think I mean, you have on the podcast. Yeah, you're right. Let's talk about him. Happened a couple days ago, but uh, Drew Brees said he announced it on the top of a mountain or something like that, yeah. where he is coming back, making another run with the Saints in 2020, which you you kind of called. You picked up the uh, the body language from Drew Brees when you were talking to him in yeah. Miami, yeah. right? Yeah. Because he, he let something slip. He let it slip. It was like we. Next year. We were trying. So here he is, first off. Do you think that's Hawaii in this? If you're watching on YouTube, here's the tweet with Drew Brees. Mountains, ocean. Looks like a Pacific Ocean. It is Hawaii. It is Hawaii. We confirmed that. Pete's Pete confirmed. A little lightest, he just confirmed lightest. it. He just called his representative. I don't know. Well, this is the same guy who said Eric Weddle had the best hair in the history of the sport. <laughs> so you know, let's, let's not listen to him totally. Um, okay, so it is Hawaii. And, uh, yes, he had a Freudian slip mm. at the Super Bowl. Because we were really trying, me and Florida were truly, he was, he was really toting the line. He wouldn't give us who we thought was going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And we were badgering him and having fun and making him laugh. Like, come on, pick it. And then he went, you know what? We play both of these teams next year. And we're like, oh, there he is. He's playing. Uh, and I'm telling you, just the way he acted with that, uh, it, it really did ring true. Between body language, the look in his eye, the way he said it, I was like, oh, he's playing. I mean, I never doubted it after that. Comment, yeah, if you've really. already looked at the schedule and have mapped it uh-huh, out in your head right. and, and you, you know thought about it enough. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, so he's it's come, great. So what does it what does it do for the Saints here? Because I mean, they had a lot of a lot of options. We they, yeah. they they could have gone. You know, Teddy Bridgewater. He filled in great for him mm-hmm. last year. It seems like now he's probably on the way out. You know they like Taysom Hill, but Sean Payton hasn't made him the starting quarterback yet, and so you wondered what his role on the Saints would be. So how does this all change what's going on in New Orleans? Yeah, I I mean, I don't think it changes a whole lot. I mean, first off, from Drew Brees' perspective, why retire? If you're still enjoying playing, you got a team right now that we all know is in the Super Bowl window, could easily have been in the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl by now, and I don't think that's going to change going into 2020. So I'm all for him there. And they got a great support system around him. Of course, he's got Sean Payton, but they got one of the better O-lines in football, pretty good running backs, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook. You know, they'll probably add another weapon. So there's a lot of things there that would go, man, well, why would I want to give up on this team right now, right? Yeah. And then if you're the Saints, like, are you sitting there going, oh, my gosh, if we don't have Drew Brees back, we can't, you know, be successful? No, obviously you proved that this year, but I still think he gives them their best chance. Sure. I mean, I still think that Drew Brees – in that offense with his experience there. And, yeah, listen, declining skills is better than Teddy Bridgewater in that offense. I do think that. And now they'll be able to balance. And I don't think they're quite ready to make that full-fledged switch to Taysom Hill. You're our starting quarterback. I think this buys them one more year to continue to give him reps, tinker that way, and they kind of get the best of both worlds. But that's going to be the next tricky thing now is working out the Taysom Hill contract. It will be. And I know they want them. Sean Payton has been very obvious about that. And I would expect if they do sign him to a big deal that, you know, and I expect he's going to get some sort of significant contract to where he'll be out there playing probably more than we've seen in the last two years. But as Drew Brees told me and Mike Florio in Miami, I think he's totally fine with it. And I, he is totally fine with it. And I believe him. I really do. I think he's very comfortable with where he's at in his career and his legacy. And I think he I mean, just he goes, did say that he wanted to be a, a – thought he was a quarterback. Yeah. You know, he wants yeah. to have an opportunity to play quarterback. Right. And, I, I, you know, again, you know, for Taysom Hill, I was just saying with Breeze, oh, I think he's cool with his legacy knowing, okay, if Taysom Hill has to split snaps with me and do all that, whatever, Got I it. don't care. If it helps us win a Super Bowl. You really Bowl, think that? You I think do. That? Because I think at the end of the day – you know, five years from now, if they win the Super Bowl, and who cares, Taysom Hill had 10 passes in the Super Bowl and five runs, no, everyone's still going to go Drew Brees won the Super Bowl twice. No, no. It was right? killing him to be on the sideline with that thumb injury. Yeah, no, it, it was. Like you're he right. Didn't, he didn't right. seem to enjoy not playing Well, that. no, you're right. I mean, he's a competitor. He's not. But that's still different than just coming out for a few plays here and there. Yeah. You know, there he was, yeah, he was seeing a guy that was, like, threatening his job a little bit here. This is kind of like, hey – I'm a threat to your job, but I'm not taking over yet. We're kind of easing me into it, and you can kind of still be Drew Brees, and I think it works for the Saints. Who do you think's the quarterback in 2021? I'm going to say Saints. Taysom Hill. I do think it will be. I do. I think I've seen enough from Taysom Hill to know he's going that direction, and anybody you talk to that knows Sean Payton or anything like that, it's very evident that he has a love affair with Taysom Hill. This is his toy, his baby. 
You know, he sees great things in him. And I think it also invigorates Sean Payton because I think he kind of wants to dabble in a new formula on the offensive side of the ball, which he's excited about. There was a report out there for Teddy Bridgewater that yeah. some team may offer Negative him a ghost ton rider. of money. Negative Ghost Rider. Like, I even heard Negative what, $30 million was yeah, floated out there for Teddy Bridgewater. There's no fucking way. He made seven last year as a no, backup. Who is going to offer him $30 million to come in and – you know, does he get a borderline, really low level, maybe starting money, great backup money type contract? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I don't think anybody's going to get there. That, that's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Drew Brees coming back. Saints are loaded. They should be in the mix once again next year. I would they be might, shocked. They might that. almost be, I don't know, top three favorite yeah, to I win mean, the Super Bowl. They're def- I don't definitely know what the odds are right five. now. I mean, definitely top five, yes. Uh, so that's the news and notes. Ready to play a little game? Let's go play a little game. We like to call this one This Year's Blank. This Year's Blank. And we're not bleeping out a bad word. We're just filling in this the blank year's here. This Year's shit. No, we're not. This Year's <laughs> No, fuck. stop. Okay, stop. This Year's uh, fuck. No, those were bleeps. Those were actually bleeping out a bad word. Uh, no, this, this year, so there were a lot of players that sprung out of nowhere last year or a change of scenery. That, uh, that were huge for their teams. And right. so we want to know. We want to kind of take a, a quick look, a preview. Now, we don't know where players are going, who's yeah. getting franchised, all this stuff. So we're having to look into our crystal ball a little bit more than maybe we'd like to yep. at this point yeah, in the this podcast. Is, it's not easy, but go ahead. Um, all right. But let's start with um, who is this year's Shaq Barrett? Who is it going to be in 2020, a former backup, who breaks out as a starter on a new team? Who will be Shaq Barrett? This okay, year? all right. I'm gonna go with a you know I'm gonna go with a name here that you know some people might know, but not everybody. Might, you know I don't I don't know if you'll know this. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a jerk to you or no, anything I, like I, this. I might not. But a guy who uh, I've had my eye on for a few years who does a great job at a backup role, and I think this year he's gonna be able to he's gonna leave his team. Roy Robertson Harris, okay, of the Chicago mm. Bears. Yep, I told you you wouldn't know him. Okay. okay? But he is a guy who has been an unbelievable quality backup for the Bears the last few years. Now, they're stacked in their front seven, so he hasn't been able to crack the starting lineup. But he does play when guys have gotten hurt and then start. So he's, he plays a lot of snaps, but he's not really their starter. But he is a guy to me, you know, again, the stats aren't going to say anything special. This, this, you know, the disruption, the fuck the play up factor here for this guy. Yeah. So this is a tough one to call. Okay, as a backup that way, but he would be my guy to go somewhere who's been a backup the last few years, and all of a sudden he's on a new team this year, and we go, damn, this Roy Robertson Harris is—he's one of the best defensive linemen in football. Yeah, he'd be that guy that I think could fit that mold. Undrafted. Yeah, he's 26 years old. Right. Um, yeah, he played around uh, 60% of the snaps this year. Yeah, throughout the year for. Uh, yeah, when Akeem Hicks got to play, you know, got hurt, he played more and more and got, I think, even a few starts in there. But really a guy that, you know, even back to my Bleacher Report days, I used to rave about a little bit. He's the guy that fell on Aaron Rodgers' knee two years ago in that season opening game, right? Yeah. Um, he's, but he's really got defensive tackle slash defensive end flexibility, too, to where, hey, listen, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to lead the NFL in sacks next year. I just think he's going to be a guy where he's going to go on a team and you're going to go, damn, this guy's a really good player. I'm glad we signed him in free agency. Great sign by our GM. He's awesome. You know, where did they get this guy? Oh, he was a backup for the Bears. I think he could be that guy. You know, what Shaq Barrett did this year is like, that's kind of special and unheard of. Yeah. To say that you're going to find a backup that's going to go on the next year and lead the NFL in sacks and almost get 20 sacks. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, really, it's probably happened maybe once, twice, anything even comparable in the history of the NFL. So that, that was a unbelievable breakout year for Shaq Burr. I got a guy who yeah, came on strong Ooh. at the end of the year. I like it. A name that you might not be familiar Ooh, with. Ooh, I probably am not. Kamala Correa. Ooh, okay. Linebacker for Baltimore. Sure. Was playing about 30% of the snaps beginning of the year. That's a good one, Ahmed. Came on strong in the playoffs. Yes, he did. He's just 25 years old, second-round pick out of Boise State. Yeah, he, um, he, you know, again, another example, like we've talked about with Minka Fitzpatrick a few times, was in Tennessee, wasn't really getting used the right way. And then he goes to Baltimore, and they kind of find the niche for him and how to move him around. And I'm with you. He's a guy that, that could be that guy. That's a good one, Amin. 
Okay. All right. So we got a couple of guys who could be Shaq yeah. Barrett, although it's unlikely that anyone is like that, Shaq that's Barrett. That's like, yeah, that was from a, his last year. Yeah, right. That, that was an amazing year by Shaq Barrett. Who he? They need to make a decision on him. He'll probably be a franchise tag guy. I would think so. They should just work out something long term because they, they really like they really like him. Yeah, I would think it, that could be a franchise tag, and then they figure out a contract. And I hope. I he's hope never it's had the big term. money, so they'll be able to lure him in. Who will be this year's? Ryan Tannehill, a okay. backup quarterback who becomes the starter by the end of the year. Okay, all right. So uh, this one, I'm only giving one one guy here. A lot of these other answers and these, you know, fill in the blanks, I'm going to have a few answers. Mm. But this one, to me, I mean, there's one guy I look at, uh, Andy Dalton. I think oh. Andy Dalton. And if you made me say a team, I'd go like Andy Dalton to the Chicago Bears, Right. I could just see that wow, happening. That's a where good one. He goes there. They bring him in because they go, man, if we don't all want to get fired if Trubisky shits the bed for the first five weeks of the season. And I think you could see that. That would be my bet. If you had to make me pick one guy to do the Mario to Tannenhill, it would be the Trubisky-Dalton this year where I could see that happening. That's such a good one. I don't even want to do any more because I, <laughs> that, that makes total makes sense, sense, right? right? Yeah, it's, I mean – it's. Uh, I, I just think that would be the type of thing I would look at if I was Andy Dalton. That would be the kind of position. Like, oh, okay. Did you see enough from Dalton though this year? I mean, what you? He he was. Yeah. He got benched. He came back. Well, yeah, but you know, he, he when he came back, I mean, he was pissed off. He played well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Andy Dalton again. You know, is not a superstar. He's not going to carry your team. But he does. He there's a lot of good things to like about him. He's a good athlete. He can make all throws. You know, he's not going to be like this Adonis big mouth leader of your football team either. That's not who he is. You know, and, that, and I think that's why the Bears fit too. The Bears don't need the quarterback to be the leader that way. They just need a guy that's steady and consistent. They got some other personalities around their team on defense, especially who could be the leaders of the team. I was going to pick Tyrod Taylor, although it looks Ooh. like he could be the starting quarterback yeah. there. I don't know what the Chargers are going to do. No, I, I think that's a fair one. I hear you there. Um, and then I also considered whoever Washington signs as their backup to Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> I thought maybe that's a possibility you think that there. Could, you could, could I happen. don't know. I, I mean, know. He, although he finished the year okay, his best yeah. two games were his final but two games for Dwayne Haskins. But there were some there were some shaky ones there, yeah. so we'll, that's uh, yet to be determined. Yep. Who will be this year's Tyron Matthew? Yeah. A veteran leader who helps turn around a bad defense yeah. or offense. Right. All right. So, I mean, I don't have teams pinned here, okay? Right. All right, like I'm not going that far. We don't know yet. We don't, we don't know. know yet. And there's a few that are like, okay, maybe I could pin a team to him here and there. But they, you know, this one's too hard. Like, it just this is too open-ended. So what about a player that could turn around any team? I guess that's... Well, yeah, I mean, but, but like, all right, here's the guy. Like, we're, we're talking about Tyron Matthew. We're talking about a guy who goes to a new team, obviously mm-hmm. does well in the field, but has, like, an attitude and a veteran leadership off the field that also improves the team. I mean, mm. that's the one thing. Anybody yeah. I talked to around Kansas City, they were like, uh, I mean, Tyron Matthews awesome. He's our favorite player on the team. He's, he's the coolest guy on the team. Uh, you know, and, and you hear Andy Reid tell so- stories during Super Bowl week. He said, like, Tyron Matthew ran the locker room, like, the second week he was there. Yeah. Like, because he's just that one of personality. So here's, here's one guy, Chris Harris Jr., all right, that's one guy yeah. I look at. Denver Broncos, somebody that needs a nickel corner somewhere, and you're looking for a guy to give your secondary a new attitude and something like that. I think Chris Harris Jr. could fit that mold to bring a little swag, smartness. I've been there, I've done that, I've won a Super Bowl. This is how we do it. You know, the thing I love about Tyron Matthew when guys would mess up, like he would yell at them, but it wouldn't like go crazy to where you berate them, but like yeah. give them a look or be like, what? We fucking talked about that on the sideline, yeah. you know, and then he walked away. Like that's pretty cool how he's grown into that role. He's you know he's grown into into that role of a team leader, and that's he's he's looked at himself. He's he's what is it self scouted self scouted thyself yes, and he's turned into a really good leader. I I don't know. I threw a couple. Devin McCourty. Oh, I I have I have written it down too. That's a great one. Definitely, I'm with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You got written down? Yeah, Bud Dupree from Pittsburgh. Okay, I'm with you there. Seems like kind of a leaderish guy, although I, I don't really know him personally. Yep. Um, and as far as a guy who could turn around a defense, Dante Fowler, yeah. the Rams, yeah. 11 sacks last year, signed that one-year deal with the Rams. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair, too. I mean, Dante Fowler, I think, is a guy that's a little bit better than maybe he gets perceived to be by the public, and he does have an attitude and leadership there. I'm with you with your Devin McCourty. It's actually the first name I wrote down. Yeah. You know, another one I wrote down was Kyle Van Noy from the sure. New England Patriots, right? You Same feel like anyone that comes out of New England has some natural maybe Definitely. leadership Definitely, you do, you do. And those two seem to be leaders of that team and in general, yes. so that even accentuates it more. And then one other one I'll throw out to you is 
is maybe Jimmy Ward from the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, okay. I don't know how that plays out there in San Francisco. They got some cap issues and some big names that are available. But he would be a guy that if he went to another team, uh, I do think he has the ability to kind of have that time run. He's a similar player to Honey Badger. He can play nickel. He can play safety. He can play corner. Can do it all. Those would be the guys that jump out to me, really. Who will be this year's Zadarius Smith? Zadarius. An under-the-radar player who becomes a star on a new team. All right. Who will, who will that be? I got a lot listed here. I got a lot of players listed. Now, I've first got, of all, I've some of the more. guys you just mentioned on your other list. Could go here. Like Bud Dupree could probably fit here. Yes. Like Bud Dupree, yeah, you and I know him. I don't know if every guy sitting at home with his hands down his pants watching football on a Sunday is like, oh, Bud Dupree is a really good player. So sure. he could fit that. And there was another name you said that I thought could have fit that. But Fowler? Yeah, Fowler, same yeah. thing. I mean, you know, those are to me, those are under the radar, really good players who could go somewhere and blow up. But go ahead. I want to hear the rest of you. Maybe story. I've got one other one. Yeah. And this guy might be over the radar, and he's probably getting franchised by the Broncos, but Justin Simmons, Ooh. the free safety there. I'm with you, bro. I'm he's played you. a lot. I mean, yeah. he's he's not under the radar if you're a huge Denver Bronco fans, but probably for the, the vast majority of NFL fans out there. And he's played every snap the last two years. Yeah. Former third-round pick out of Boston College. Yeah, he's, I, that, I'm with you. It's, again, one of the first names I wrote, dude. I think you're spot on. He's really talented. He's one of the better free safeties in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, I, I could see him going somewhere. And, if yes, he got on a team that was relevant, we all go, and, damn, this guy's fucking player. Like, yeah. he can do everything. So I'm with you there. Same position, I'll throw another name out, Sean Davis from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sean Davis, to me, is one of the best hybrid safeties in all of football. He really is. He's special, and I don't know, I, don't, I doubt they re-sign him in Pittsburgh because they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think he's going to command big money on the uh, free agent you know, contract tour here to where he would be a guy that I'd go, ooh, he gets on a team, watch out. I'm going to throw, you said, we said Bud Dupree, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw Marcus Golden the defensive end for the New York Giants, okay. who had 10 sacks this year. You know, he's a guy that I think is finally healthy after his ACL tear a few years ago to where I think if he gets signed by somebody, he can be a guy where we look at Zedari like Zadarius Smith would go, he's got 12 sacks this year. He's really changed around their defense. Um, I'm going to throw out two more names, all right, because yeah. I know I'm just I'm, – this one, this one was a fun one. Because there's so many ways you can go. James Bradbury. You, like, you love looking at these players that haven't, and you talk about this all the time. Yeah. There are players out there who are good who haven't gotten the, the attention, chance, right? The attention, and in the proper system with their talent level, could could pop up and, exactly. and surprise some people. This is yeah. typical Chris Sims Robin Hood territory yes. here. We take it from the rich, and we have to give some credit <laughs> to the poor here. Okay. Yeah. And yes, you're exactly right. Like James Bradbury, the corner for the Carolina Panthers. He's another guy I'd look at. Man. You know, you put him on the Seattle Seahawks with that length and that scheme, and all of a sudden we all go, damn, this guy's just like Richard Sherman. I think he's a guy, like, I would I would throw right away. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if that's who ends up signing him, hmm. is the Seattle Seahawks. He fits that mold of being a big physical corner. You know, you maybe don't want to play a man-to-man every play, right? He's a lot like a Richard Sherman that way. So I could see that. The other one I'll say here, and I like the guy in the uh, on the field. Off the field, he's had a few things where I'm not – crazy about but I'm going to say his name anyways yeah. it's Robbie Anderson for the Jets okay Robbie Anderson goes to the right team in offense next year like I wouldn't be shocked if we came away I'm like man Robbie Anderson got 1200 yards receiving and yeah. seven touchdowns this year he was their deep threat he was amazing blah, blah blah I could see that happening he is always the top guy on the waiver wire in my fantasy football leagues yeah like, oh man I need a wide receiver to, oh, do I pick up Robbie Anderson yeah he's had some big games yeah I don't know, I know. let's I know. he could do it right right he's always the guy right there on the cusp I have one more. Yeah. Anthony Harris from the Vikings. Okay. Undrafted out of Virginia. Yep. Uh, spent all five years in Minnesota. Started 14 games this past year. That uh -huh. was a career high. So maybe he's uh, his upward trajectory for, I, for uh, Anthony yeah, Harris. That's a really good one. Uh, you I'm, like that one? I do. I like that one a lot. I, I, and, you know, and I had Corey Littleton, the middle linebacker from the Rams, on my list too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll ever get out of Los Angeles. I think he's too important. But he would be a guy that – at least fits the mold of a guy that's really an awesome player that I don't think really gets the credit from, you know, the fans quite yet. Who will be this year's D Ford or Frank Clark, a tag and trade kind of guy? Tag and trade. This one was the hardest one for me. Yeah, okay. The, the one that makes the most sense is A.J. Green. Oh, okay. If I'm the Bengals. Although he has said he is open to staying. He said he's open, I know. franchise tag I know in he Cincinnati. Is. I know he is. And... Listen, that might be one where I just look at and go, it just might be time for both to part ways. 
Like, if I'm uh, yeah. AJ Green here, like, okay, you're getting to be 32 years old. You still got talent. Don't you, do you really want to be a part of this with the Bengals right now? Do you really mm -hmm. want to? Yeah. Like, AJ, don't do it, man. Don't do it. There's so a market can, out there. I mean, it seems like there are several teams that are at least poking around. I would think so. I mean, yes. Depending it, on his health, that's the scary thing. That is, you're right. You're going to have to know where his foot is at and all that. He had some issues there. But A.J. Green, to me, would be that guy. And if I'm the Bengals, too, Ahmed, like, if you're starting, like, okay, we're about to go Joe Burrow, and we got a head coach that's in his second year, like, I don't know. I would start thinking about building my team young and having receivers that are young that all come up together with a Joe Burrow mm. instead of like an old presence where Joe Burrow's in the huddle like, oh, uh, 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 Mr. Green, um, I'll get you the ball here. Yeah. I'm sorry I haven't thrown the ball to you nine, uh, the last nine pass plays. Like that's what an old veteran superstar receiver can do to a young receiver, a yeah. uh, young quarterback. It's kind of intimidate him too, sure. right? Like, like I, I used this on the other day, Steve Smith Sr. with Cam Newton. I think that's a little what went on there. Mm. Like, Cam was, you know, being overshadowed as the leader of the offense, and they wanted him to be the leader as a young quarterback, and yet he had him, and I'm sure he was feeling the pressure of like, oh, that guy's so awesome, and I like him. I want to give him the ball, and it ruins the development a little bit. Mm. And why not get the assets for A.J. Green just to build your team? That's 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 my my uh, feed forward Frank Clark. Who you it, got? It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't really know. I, I was looking up who might be franchise tag yeah. and the decisions that teams have to make. Right. And the Cowboys have decisions with Dak and Amari Cooper. Right. The Titans have decisions with Tannehill, Conklin, Henry. Yes. You know, they got a lot there. I know. Um, Tampa, we talked about Shaq Barrett with him. I, there's, oof. I, I don't know who could get tagged and traded. I think the conversation of who's going to get tagged. An Austin Hooper guy, uh, tight end in Atlanta. Yeah. Is another guy that could get tagged yeah. and traded but I don't think so but don't think no I don't think that one but I mean you know some of the other names you mentioned and then hey the other one I'll throw out here too is Eric Armstead the 49ers the 49ers have salary cap issues yeah. we just named some of the, the you know Jimmy Ward Kyle Juszczyk Emmanuel Sanders needs to be re-signed they got to start thinking about DeForest Buckner because he's just a year behind Eric Armstead and he's one of the better interior D linemen in all of football so they have to think about him and his contract on their radar so I could see Eric Armstead being a guy where they franchise tag him. You know, they want to work out some long-term deal, but then they start to realize, whoa, the numbers are way off, and there's going to be a market for Eric Armstead. I mean, he's, there's just not many people on earth built like him. Right. And I could see that being another one. Uh, one more name the guy I love, my guy, my West Michigan homie, Matthew Judon. Ooh, I, yes. From I, the I Ravens. Know. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that could, that could very well be. They might tag him. I don't know if they'll trade him, but they might yeah. tag him. Well, yeah, they got, I, I mean, I would think that if I'm them, I mean, you, you can't lose Zadaria Smith and Matthew Judon in back-to-back -back years. Yeah. You know, so that would be – I think there's got to be a priority there to try to keep him. Who is this year's Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. The guy who will do an interview with Chris Sims and – no, not that. <laughs> uh, the guy who will be a surprise trade. Who's going to get dealt that we didn't even see coming? Just I mean, out I, of the blue. I know. I mean, I said this the other day with Jalen Ramsey because I just wonder, yeah. like, the Rams, they gave up a lot to get him. Now he has such leverage. I would think he wants to be the highest-paid corner in the history of football, and he probably wants to be up there with the highest-paid defensive player in the history of football. And do the Rams want to go down that road? So I'm, I've thrown his name out there, even though I, I doubt that happens. Yeah. Uh, but that would be a shock. That it would, would be a shock. I'm going to throw – this is another one. There's been a little rumors of this out here lately, all right? And I'm just going to – but Stefan Diggs is the one that I will say mm -hmm. I'm going to still throw on this. You know, Diggs is a guy where, you know, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. We've heard him being a little, you know, weird about the Vikings. You know, there's been some rumors bubbling up this week a little mm -hmm. bit. And – uh, Mike, Mike wrote a story. They're unlikely to part with yeah, Stephon Diggs. Right. Maybe. Yeah, but where there's smoke, there's fire. There, yeah, I just, you know, you never know. And I think he is the kind of guy where teams will look at it and go, ooh, he's a good player. We need a receiver. His contract is not crazy money. And uh, I, I could see that maybe happening. I've got one. Yeah. And this one's not a total shot because I think there have been some rumors out there about it but Sammy Watkins yeah with, uh, right. with the Chiefs right you know they got they got Hardman back there Demarcus Robinson's a free agent but they could bring him back yes you, you got Tyreek Hill you got that big cap number it might be hard to trade Sammy Watkins yeah that'll be the big thing is the number right there might be teams out there that no. were desperate enough I think you're right I think there might be teams out there that are desperate enough and and who knows and I mean maybe Kansas City would be willing to like say hey we'll take three or four million dollars of the pay off you and to trade them whatever yeah. it may be but 
Yeah, I would I would have to think that Sammy Watkins is either getting traded, released, restructuring a new contract, yeah. something. He's getting paid, again, like he's one of the five or six best receivers in football, and of course he's not. One of those three options that you gave there is almost guaranteed. I think like so. Like 100% yeah, Definitely, chance. definitely. The final one. Who will be this year's Mark Ingram? Kind of a mid-tier player yep. who is the perfect fit on his new team. Yeah, okay. All right, so the first one, you know, of course. Which is you, hard because we don't know the team. No, I know. To. So <laughs> I would love to, like, you know, the, the Shaq Barrett and the Tyron Matthews. Let's do it all again Ingram. once we, we know. We should. Okay. Right, because I think it'll be e- even more and we'll fun see and how easier many to hone over. in. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Um, all right, so because of Mark Ingram, my first my, my mind went to running back for, right away. And I did think of, like, a Matt Breida, Breida the Cheetah Ooh, with the 49ers, yeah, yeah. where I could see them. Of course, we just talked about it again. They have salary cap issues, and they have running backs a punny as is anyways, but I could see him going somewhere, let's say the Rams, like because Todd Gurley is Sean McVay running system. Yeah. You know, or he goes somewhere like that that has the Shanahan run scheme kind of in place and then becomes that guy uh, for that team. I, I can certainly see that happening, and, uh, you know, he's one guy that jumps out to me for sure. sure. I've got one player. Yeah. Jameis Winston. Okay. He's my one player. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's not a mid-tier, but, he, I mean, mid-tier quarterback, right? He is. I I am all on board for Jameis Winston going somewhere in 2020 and dominating. I, I mean, it would I be would great. I would love to It'd see that. It would be great. It I would... would love to see that. You think it's unlikely, but I would love to see. You don't even think it's likely that – er, it's not a slam dunk. He has a starting job next year. I'm not right? sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think if you made any bet, I think he's still back with Tampa on like a low-level yeah. two-year starting quarterback kind but of money. I, can you believe that Bruce Arians said that though? If we can win with this quarterback, we can win with any quarterback. How do you say that about him and then bring him back? I know. I know. Well, Bruce is kind of tough love like that, so I'm sure Jameis knows where he's coming. And if you watch the context of yeah. the full clip and video. It's not as bad as it really. Reads. Yeah, because I have. I just read the. He quote. doesn't say it like that. Okay. He's not like. He's kind of like you know. The guy asked him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I mean, if we can win this score back, we can win." You know, he doesn't say it like yeah. he's trying to be a jerk. Yeah. Even though it reads like he said it, it like did, a jerk. It did read like he was. Two two other jerk. names I got for yeah. you. Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings, the nickel corner. He could be a guy where you know he was a second round pick out of Clemson. He's. Got a niche. He's very good nickel corner. He could be a guy that goes to a new defense, and we all go, oh, man, he was he is what they needed. He helped out their secondary, you know, to to great extent. You know, whether that's the Detroit Lions or some team, like, you know, like that, the Houston Texans, right, who are just horrible in pass defense. Yeah. Brashad Breland for the Kansas City Chiefs would also fit that mold to me. He came on really strong the last half of the year. And one more, just to end this, Vance McDonald. If he gets oh, out of the Steelers, I, I've always been a fan of him, and I think he's got a great way about him in run game and pass game physicality. So he could be a guy that I think gets on the right team, and we go, damn, he's a good tight end. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. We've been talking about him for a while. I know. In, in well, I thought he was going to be a breakout so, guy this year, and then he got hurt. And it just and never some injuries. Um, yeah. You're Robin Hood, Chris, and yeah. we, have, we have evidence of that. There you are. There's, there there's I am. If you're watching Why on do YouTube, we have to use that one, though? Why do I have to be a fox with a bushy red tail? That's the best I mean, one we got. You think it's the best one? I don't know. Have you seen the new I, one? I actually haven't seen any of them. This of is course the first you time haven't. I've ever seen of this course one. you have. This, you haven't seen this? No, that one I haven't. This is yeah, the first yeah, time I've seen it. You haven't seen anything. I know. Yeah, this I know. This is the first time I've seen it. I mean, gosh. I don't. I don't exist outside of uh, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood is very good. Okay, <clears throat> I like it. I'm a fan of it. And what's this recent one with the kid who played Elton John in the Elton John movie? The, the, I'm not asking no you. I'm talking to Pete in the ear. You know, that kid who played, he, he did the Robin Hood movie, too. It was pretty good, too. Oh, Pete doesn't even know. Well, he's got to look it up. But I know at least, like, Pete's probably seen the Elton John movie. You know, have you seen the Elton John movie? It's no. worth seeing. No, 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 no. I no. mean, no. We've no, gone no. down this road before. Deuce? I don't know. I don't know what you do with yourself at night at home. I watched, no, I researched for this uh, podcast here. Um, okay. Um, I want to get into our top five Oh, I know you helmets. do. Uh, I've been itching to do. do that. I've been trying to move you through this thing super fast so we can get to that. But there are some other um, podcasts out there. You know, this we're, we're living in a world now where there are podcasts springing up all over the place yeah. all the time. Right. And, uh, and there's one popping up here uh, from people that you, uh, that you know, you're very familiar with. You know I am. I mean, mouthpiece, okay? Mouthpiece. And in peace, we mean like peace, P-E-A-C-E, oh. okay? Mouthpiece. Mouthpiece, 
with Michael Bennett and Pelé Bennett, okay? And now let me just say, this is some relationship they got to be doing a, a working podcast together. <laughs> Man, they are happily married. If me and my wife did a podcast, I don't know what the hell would happen. That's amazing. But brand new, brand new podcast, okay, Mouthpiece with Michael and Pelé. Uh, and it's it's from Lemonada Media. But as you know, I am a huge fan of Michael Bennett. Yes. Michael Bennett is the originator of my fuck the play up. He is the Hall of Fame first ballot fuck the play up player ever. He's one of the best defensive players to play in our league the last 10 years that nobody really knows about. And if anybody wants to go, oh, Chris Sims, you're crazy. Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett's disruption is was almost Aaron Donald-ish for four or five years. That's how great it was. Now, the production, the bottom line stats do not tell the whole story with him. He ruined plays. And if anybody wants any more verification on that, go back and watch America's game when the New England Patriots had to play the Seattle Seahawks in Super Bowl 49. All Bill Belichick does is talk about how do we stop Michael Bennett? I mean, Tom Brady makes comments about how do you stop Michael Bennett? So... He is an awesome football player and awesome social awareness. Got a great way about him. I'm a huge friend, fan of him and his brother. I don't know his wife, Pele, but if she's married to Michael, she's probably really cool too. And uh, I would like to meet them regardless. So good luck with that. And check that out. The mouthpiece yeah. by the Bennett lovers, Michael and Pele. That's that's gonna be a it's gonna be entertaining. You know, it's gonna be entertaining. You know, it's gonna be a fun time. So oh, they're gonna have some crazy stories. I'm sure. I, I mean, and you say they get along now. It's like I don't know if I'd get. We'll see after about ten episodes. You know, where where it takes the relationship. Oh, well, yeah, it'll right? be interesting. I'm sure there'll be some arguments, and it'll carry over to home. But like you know, when you talk about politics, culture, race, parenting, football, you know, all of those things, man, I think this is gonna be uh, a great listen. All right. You ready to do it? Let's do it. The We did the top five worst, so I guess the bottom five NFL helmets. Much controversy for that. So now we do the top helmets. This is where we heap praise on teams for the great-looking helmets, um, although I bet there will be controversy still with our lists. So, I still can't believe you put the Colts in their bottom five. I just you're, I not, you're not alone. There's a lot of controversy on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean. A lot of people. It's a fucking classic. I mean, Johnny Unitas and Peyton Manning wore that helmet. How dare you? So we both had the Bengals on our worst list, right? Yes, and you're course. trying to rebrand the Bengals. We all know that. And actually, the, the hockey community knows that as well now. Do you know that? Oh, well, I've heard a few comments. So I was doing, I was doing hockey the last three days. Yeah. And on one of the shows I was doing with Ben Lovejoy and Anson Carter... And we showed the clip of you talking about how Cincinnati badly needs the rebrand and to get rid of the helmet. And so this was the reaction to that. You guys agree? Bengals, are you over it? I think Chris has been sacked one too many times. I mean, <laughs> oh. I like the Bengals helmets, even though they remind me a little bit too much of the Wolverines and Ooh. being a Spartan. I'm not a big fan of that, but I don't mind the Bengals helmets. I didn't even know that I was passionate about this topic until two minutes ago when I saw that. I'm all in. I hate the helmets. Oh, wow. I, 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 I completely agree. Let's get new helmets. And I think that the Kings outdoor game helmets, the chrome crown. Oh. With the Fighting Irish. Sure. Similar to that. Yeah. You can get behind that, all though, in. Anson. we got to change Anson's mind here. <laughs> so Ben Lovejoy had not even thought about it up until the moment he saw you talking so passionately about it that we showed on the – on NHL I like Ben. And it was it. Yeah, he was it. It was it. You know, um, I got to question the sanity of Mr. Carter, okay? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what. And it's not like the Wolverine helmet. The Wolverine helmet goes this way. It doesn't have random strikes. Yeah. And there's probably Wolverines at some point in the state of Michigan's history. Maybe. Once again. Yeah. So, and, uh, the, and also, they're a team that's winning and wins, but uh, all right, good. At least I got one out of the two. You, got, you convinced Ben. To a degree. Ben good. is like I'm all good. in. Good. He's openly campaigning I'm for I'm not you giving now, this up. I'm not giving it up. Cincinnati's going to have to hear about this until they change it. Top five best helmets. Ahmed's list. You ready? Ahmed's list. Top five. Number five. I hope this is on your list as well because I think they're cool. The Rams. The Rams helmet with the horns, it I is think, cool. is unique. And they have multiple color horns, and I, I like them all, kind yeah. of. I like the white on the blue helmet. Yep. I like the, uh, the kind of the gold yellowish horns. Sure. And, uh, yeah, the gold and the yellow. I hear the you there. The, I'm not going to lie. This didn't make my top five, but it was uh -huh. very close. Okay. Yeah, it was close. I do, I do like this one a whole lot. Number four, this, is gonna, this could be controversial. 
but it's a uh, Washington Redskins. Oh, you know, a lot of controversy, that is controversy. With, the, with the logo and everything. And should they change it? Probably should do that. But as far as a aesthetic look and a classic helmet, it's one of the more recognizable ones out there. It is. I, I love the Redskins uniforms. I'm a big fan. Now they need to change the name. Yes. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to go. Sorry. We're not rating. Sorry. We're not rating the name. We're no. just, just the look of the helmet. But I, and I'm, as a man who tries to say the nickname as little as possible. Yeah, on this I know. Podcast. Yep. And I'm trying to work on it, and I can't believe I just let it slip out right there. But Washington. But I didn't want to hold it against the helmet. Yeah. I think the helmet looks pretty. The helmet cool. is, is special, and you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know really where we stand with that all together. I don't know either. But that Redskins name needs to change. I know that, but I am a fan of their helmet. Helmet looks cool to me. Yeah. Number three, their biggest rival, the Dallas Cowboys. I have them at three. There's yeah. a lot of people in Dallas, though, even though they're in the top five, they're probably very upset with this ranking. But it's a classic helmet, and I it think is. it's very good. I just think there are two that are better than it. And the number two helmet. Yep. Is the Buffalo Bills. Whoa. Give me the Buffalo iconic with like the red spear going through its head, whatever that is. Iconic is a little. It's uh, iconic. Why? It's, they a, went it's to like Super Bowls light. with a different color helmet. Yeah. Pete's telling me it's not a spear going into the head of the Buffalo. Yeah, they it didn't a... put a spear in the <laughs> What are you talking he's just, about? He's running so he's running so fast, light is no just coming shit. off. What of do you him. think? This is dances with wolves? I and they're shooting just... arrows at the thing and they're putting <laughs> it on the side of their helmet? That would be hilarious, actually, if they had like a buffalo with like bow and arrows like sticking out all over it. Like, hey, we're the Bills. We get shot a lot. That's how tough we are. We can we can survive. Iconic, with a spear. though. I'm challenging you on iconic. But you can't just throw that word around, okay? <laughs> Iconic is negative, Ghost Rider. Sorry. I like it. I like it. I, I like do the logo. like it, too. It's the not making cool. my top five. I do like it. And the fact that it's the city name, too. It's, you know, Buffalo is it the city name. Well, it's got it a does. weird, unique thing to it there, too. I like the red ones back in the day, though, too. Okay. And when they went to four straight Super Bowls, they were red. That's right. Remember, right. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. those, too. Yeah. I think those were okay. Right. right. So, th- um, therefore, your white ones are not iconic. And number one. The number one helmet out there, one? according to Ahmed Farid, is the Minnesota Vikings. What? The purple what? matte. I love matte helmets. What? My, the matte helmet is my favorite. I love Don't give me shiny. Give me matte. And that's what they've done. And purple is awesome in sports. I think purple is a great team color. And the horn is just cool. The horn is iconic. The, the horn Minnesota. is iconic. Horn I like the mat too. This is one of the better helmets yeah. in football. I agree with you. I mean, man, Mike Florio, you guys are going to be buddies here. Holy cow! I mean, he's although Mike's so very happy. hard on his home. His oh yeah, he'll team. probably be like, "It's the ugliest helmet I've ever seen." <laughs> yeah, uh, he gives him the business. So that's I, my, that's my you. top. That's my top helmet. The Vikings. I like. I like it. That was your top one. That's my top. And one. And just the purple and the mat are what sold you, huh? I feel like with my whole list, you were very confused. So I feel like we're not going to have a whole lot of overlap here. No, we're not. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> your your list would be like your list would be the ones I would think about from somewhere from six to fifteen. Okay. Like all those, they would be in that mix. The to me. best of the rest. The best of the rest. Yeah. But I I mean uh, not not I have one I think of yours in my top five. Okay. All right. All right? I, I mean my my is. number five is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Okay. I like it. All right. Just get used to it, everybody. I'm going traditional. All right. I'm Johnny traditional. And the reason I like this helmet. First off, there's some unique things. Keep this up here, Pete. Is one, you see the yellow stripe, it's nice. Black helmet. It's got the three little stars or whatever they hell how hell they are for the mm-hmm. three rivers, right? That convert there in Pittsburgh. Because this used to be Three River Stadium. I yeah. believe that's why they're there. The numbers being in front of the helmet are unique. Nobody else in football has the number in front of the helmet like that, right? You see the number there? Yep. Okay. I, I do like that. Okay. That's a that's a and big, big I think it's me. really cool that the other side of the helmet has no emblem and yeah. it's just steel, like a yep. steeler, like it's steel because it's a steel town and that's why they're the fucking Steelers. So here's here's the old logo of like a steel company. Is that right, Pete? I, we're gonna show show and look at how similar they are. So oh, that's where so they that's got the where logo. They got it from. Okay. They so it has nothing it to do them. with the Three Rivers, or maybe mm-hmm. it does and. Not no. really. Okay. Maybe they I've can say that. You can you can add that in later. It's like a book. You know, you I read it. You have your own interpret. You have your own interpretation of art. Yeah. That can be your interpretation. The three rivers there is what the three but, stars are for. Okay. The old, I like it. Old steel company logo. It's there. got meaning to their city. 
I like that. I, yeah. I, that could have been in my top five. I'll give you that. Okay. There's a lot to like. The numbers in the front. All right. I, that could it have is cool, it right? Yeah. Ooh, I sold him. He might, he might want to switch. Might I want don't to know switch. who I would knock out. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know who you would want to knock out either. Wa- you'd like to knock out Washington. No, or maybe the Bills. I don't think the Bills no, deserve the Bills to be there. The Bills are so, so good. It's like color. Spear coming it's out like of his color. head. <laughs> We're shooting Bills. <laughs> um, okay, number four, the Chicago Bears. I... Uh, uh, again, yeah, I like the. You're, you're, you're Johnny. Like, give me a team that's been around forever and has been halfway decent. Most likely is where we're gonna go here. <laughs> you're right. This is exactly. I, I like just the iconic, simple look. Oh, the see C for Chicago. See for Chicago. This is iconic. Okay, yeah. Walter Payton, Mike Dick, uh, Dick Buckus. I mean, Gale Sayers. They've worn this helmet. This. And no stripe down the middle. That is the other thing I do like about it. It's a little iconic that way yeah. as well. So I don't know. I like it. You're right. I'm probably a little entrenched on the history of the team as well. I do tend to lean that way, but I like the Bears one a lot. But you see the C, and you know it's the Chicago Bears. You do know that's, it's the Chicago that's Bears. That's pretty cool. And it's you know it's a unique color scheme with the navy blue and the yeah. orange. I think that's kind of you know rare. We don't see that a whole lot in professional sports. Okay, number three. And this was tough. My top three were tough. I, I really switched the order a few times before I kind of came down. I'm going to Oakland Ra- Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. I we're can't never going to get that right. I can't get it straight. But what the Raiders. Yeah, that's another logo where you see it and you obviously know. I go a, a little team. bit to Ahmed just to let you in on this. Like, you know, growing up, watching my dad or myself playing as I was still growing up, is, I mean, there were certain teams where I just, I don't know, when they came out of the tunnel and I saw them across the field or if I was in the stands, I was just like, oh. And the Raiders are one of those teams, like, when you were in the, like, the mezzanine level and you started to see guys gather in the tunnel, they were about to, you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's the Raiders. I could see the silver. Oh, and, like, it just had a special way about it. And then, of course, the eye patch and the guy with the cross and bones and all that crap. I mean, that's just cool. Do you know the story behind that? Oh, I, I don't. Demo Little Lettuce was trying to tell me, and I just tuned him out. So, apparently, and I learned about this today, an too, actor? from Pete. It, that's what they think. It's not necessarily... No, Pete's saying it's 100%, but I'm, I don't think it's 100%. Yeah, well, Pete said, uh, you I know, think a lot of Eric Weddle's hair was 100% the best hair we've seen in football so history. So Randolph Scott was like an actor in the early 1900s. And for our YouTube audience, we're showing you a picture of him right there. Similar facial structure. Yeah, so the chin that, is very chin. similar. It's like that a wide chin, chin with, yeah. the, with the divot yep, in there. That is. Uh, and so it might but have been. was there a pic? Did he wear a eye patch one time in his life to put that together? Did <laughs> Good they question. Like, they just took liberties with uh Yeah, did they just Randolph like he's got Scott. the perfect face. Now let's put an eye patch and I some just, swords behind I him. I just wish he had trouble seeing out of that eye. <laughs> yeah, we'll give right. him an eye patch. Let's go punch him and see if we can break that eye. So that's what uh, many many people think that that's what the logo came from, but I don't think they ever paid him, so they never admitted it fully. Oh yeah, okay, of course I'm they sure, did. So. Yep, yep. All right, so that's, that's that's. I mean, yeah, I like the Raiders. That's right. three for you. And they haven't been around like forever, ever. So they're not that's, like. That's, <laughs> but they've been around for a long, long time. time. The Packers. Back to forever, ever, okay? I mean, back to the team who has been here for more than 100 years of the NFL. I I mean, the yellow, how it pops, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, the yellow, the green and white, unique. It's a yellow helmet. There's no other yellow helmets in football like that. that. And, you know, I do think that the symbol, the G wrapped around in that oval there is just really cool. And, again, maybe I'm a sucker for history, but – you know, the fact that Ray Nitschke and Bart Starr and Brett Favre and, you know, Reggie White and Aaron Rodgers have all worn this helmet, I guess does add to the lure and to think that Lombardi was there. But there's just something special to it. And, uh, yeah, I like it. It just it pops, yet it has yeah. traditional values to the it. The G is unique enough to where you feel like, okay, that's that's the Packers. It right is. There. When the I Packers, see that, right. I, I'm on board with the yellow. I yep. think that's – because you have so many teams out there that are blue, you know, and, and white. Yeah. Even black now is kind of getting – Popular. That, that's different. I'll get. I'll give you that. Okay. Not in my top five, but yeah. I'll give you. I'll yeah. give you the Packers. And then my number one guy. is your number three. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And it's the most. Uh, this to me is the most special helmet in the sport. I mean, you know, just to have that star standing by itself, the blue and the silver. You know, I don't know. It's just a great look to me. I uh, to me, uh, you know, it's very rare that just the emblem itself has such a special meaning. I, I don't know that star. When you see star in America, you just go, that's Dallas Cowboys. You know it. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of cornered the market market on that. And 
yeah, I like the Cowboys uniforms. I love their uniforms when they wear, you know, their navy blue jersey. Yeah. With their silver pants. Oh, yeah. You know, because they have two different pants, right? I've told you that. And uh, that's my top five. So I'm interested to see what people got out there and how they want to come at me and or what their top fives are. I'm uh, interested to hear what they say about the Bills being I am in, the, too. in the top I five. Am. I am. I'm very it's going to be very good. I'm interested to hear what they got to say about the Vikings being number one. <laughs> Vikings is a good helmet. Like the Vikings. But I'm willing to, you know, Bills, you've rattled me a little bit on the Bills. You've, yes. I'll admit that. Yes. You've rattled me with, with them. But the Vikings, I'm not wavering on. They are my number They're one, number no one. doubt, best yeah. helmet in football. Okay. And I'm, I'm not mad at you there. The Redskins was the one that I think was very close to being in my top five. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just make sure. I like the Chiefs one, but just don't love it enough. See if I'm missing any others. that I, You know, listen, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan of the helmet. I yeah. am. I actually like that it Which has a lot nothing. Which a lot of people tweeted us saying that that was the worst helmet. I know they did. I know. I like that it has nothing on I it. I agree. I mean, it's kind of iconic that way that it does Iconic. That. See, now I've got you doing you it. You do. You totally got me <laughs> doing it. All right. Out of this, let me just ask you this. Last yeah. question on helmets, and then we're done. Yeah. What's your favorite, like, new age one, right? Like, if you had, like, I, I, the Vikings, it's new age because it's mad, but it's of, not, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not new age. It's still the same. No, you're just trying to say that because you know I have a great answer. To, it's the matte, matte look for a new age helmet. But Because my new age helmet is, favorite yours? one is a matte helmet, too. It is? It's the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. I really like the Seahawks helmet. Seahawks are a team where, out of all the new helmets in football that I look at, I really go... Man, I like it. I don't know. I like the Seahawks uniforms, and I'm not usually a fan of those new style uniforms. I'm okay with the I'm okay with the sparkles. There's some sparkly, some gl- glittery, glittery helmets that right. if done if done tastefully. Yeah, I can get behind. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Keep it simple. Yeah, have tra- this is what I tell to you. If you want to get one of the best helmets out there, just have a tradition of a hundred years of playing football. There you go. Or just start winning. <laughs> Or you start, start winning, yeah. people start going, oh, that's a great. Which is a good point because, like, the Patriots helmet, I don't know that it's that great. No. Like, the logo on there either. and the helmet, it's not that great, but, but people a, kind of put it in the top ten because they've been so good lately. Right. It's got a strong meaning. It does. And maybe because they've come from so far with the guy in the three-point stance. Right. But that's my point. The rebranding. Yeah. They've the been Patriot. a different franchise ever since Bill Parcells went there and said, we have to change these loser fucking uniforms. That's he did it, yeah, and that became Elvis the Patriot and all that from there, and uh, that's why I say that the Bengals they gotta they gonna need a coach or somebody in there to go hey this this shit ain't working yeah orange and stripes ain't working we gotta move on all right so those are our top five those are it feel Let us free know to tweet who do you like better me or Ahmed I think they're gonna like mine mine was a little unusual so I think they're gonna like mine sure, you just whatever. went with the history you just, I did if you've been around hundred years you got on Chris's top five. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> all right, that's it. We're done, okay? And uh, next week, we'll be at the Combine all week. Got a lot of great interviews lined oh, up. yeah. Players, coaches. Um, we won't see each other next week. You'll be all right? You'll miss me? I will miss okay, you. Okay, yeah. good. You better. Um, and uh, I'll face, I'll week. FaceTime. I'll FaceTime. Yeah, we will. We'll FaceTime you. Maybe I'll do that during my podcast when I'm out there and just to say hi to you. And then uh, also, PFT Live next week. It's four hours extravaganza on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because we're at the Combine Ooh. Live. We got such a great guest list. Uh, four hours. It'll be great. That's what we did at the Super Bowl. And then check us out. Everything NBC Sports related on our YouTube page. You'll see lots of great stuff and interviews uh, from, from all of us there. Peter King, me, Mike Florio, everyone. All right, everybody. Ahmed, peace. You the peace man. Out. Have a good weekend, everybody. Peace out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour.